Welcome to the PhD in Parenting Podcast. The podcast where we talk about being a parent in academia and an academic at home. We're your hosts. This is Judith. And this is Erin. So welcome back, everyone. And before we start to think about the holiday season that's moving upon us, we thought we'd check in with a little housekeeping. I know over on my end, we've had some pretty substantial changes in my family life. We were in our little protected bubble, so to speak, for a while. My children have been in school for about the last four months. Uh, But for those of you that follow current events in the United States, or more specifically in the state of Michigan, we did have a gubernatorial decree that came down on Sunday, which uh, subsequently closed all high schools. I have a high school student, my son. And then there was a move to kind of move pretty much everything uh, to remote learning. With that in mind, I was happy. My daughters came home yesterday. That was their last day. And subsequently, we got an email that there was a positive COVID test in their school. Now, I know one case isn't paused for concern, or perhaps it is because it's a very small school. So within that class, I mean, I think my daughter only has like 16 classmates. I know they were all kind of spaced out over the room, but it's just it's getting a little close to home, so to speak. I know my son's high school has had some different cases, some different exposures. So it does really feel like it's closing in. In the meantime, I see that my neighbors have a sign up that says to recall the governor. They do not like the rules and the mandates. Uh, There are a lot of signs over here in my part of town demanding um, impeachment. Very, very angry with our governor here in Michigan for uh, tightening up the restrictions once again. So I don't know, you did. I don't really know that there's a, a great answer to all of this, I guess. I'm like, you know, I understand people are going to lose jobs over this. People are losing money and maybe having a lot of trouble supporting their family. All those kind of things we've talked about relating to balance. If you are a working academic, a working K-12 through teacher and your kids are at home with you, it makes the day a lot more chaotic in my humble opinion. But by the same token, what are we supposed to do? The data has just exploded here. I mean, there's more cases than ever. So I don't know. I mean, I understand why some people are upset about this. I don't know that impeachment would be my go-to solution. Well, it certainly would be mine. And I think for me, it was always the understanding that when my kids went back to school in the summer, that it was for now, that it would last until it wasn't safe anymore. And so, yeah, I mean, I had mentioned, I think last week that my daughter was home for a couple of weeks because they weren't able to staff the schools anymore or her particular school because of staffing. They have now, in response to the decree that you mentioned, decided that the entire school district would close until mid-December at the earliest they would come back. And so, you know, that kind of thing has changed a little bit for us. And it is hard. I mean, it's hard for me, too. And I get a lot of emails from people that tell me that they're struggling. And it's, you know, I connect with that. I relate to that. It's difficult for me, too, to be able to get work done with three kids home. I don't really that starts for me next week. I don't know how well that's going to go. We'll have to see. But like I said, that was always for me the assumption I was mildly prepared for that to at some point happen. And I think I don't want to be in the position that our governor is in right now. I don't, you know, I don't envy her to be in a position where people show up at your house with 
guns and try to kidnap you or to have to make all of those choices and to have to decide between, you know, keeping people safe and keeping people solvent or whatever. I, I don't want to be in those shoes. I think she has a tough spot and I personally have been very impressed with how she's been handling it. So the impeachment signs, I haven't seen any of those, but I find that upsetting uh, because it's mostly also probably coming from people that I wouldn't trust with running the state either. So And I've seen a lot of backlash recently, too. And sometimes I just have to disconnect. But I was on my social media feed and someone had posted something. And one of my colleagues who is a nurse practitioner responded about the wearing the masks. And I've seen so many people that are like, they don't do anything. If the masks were so great, how come the rates are so high? And I'm like, because people still aren't wearing them. (laughs) You know, I did happen to go into a Home Depot store last weekend and my husband was just absolutely mortified by my behavior there but we were having a conversation on the way in he was saying something about the masks and we got in there and I must have seen just upon walking in probably half a dozen people with no mask okay so I'm like oh my god and you know I was saying this really loud and he was like well did you have to say it next to the guy that was like six foot five and I'm like well he didn't have a mask on though you know and um, then I saw these other folks that kind of wear it but they're they're kind of wearing it with like sort of um, a I I hate to say this but like an FU involved like they're wearing it but it's down around their chin so like technically they have it on but they're not really actually wearing it. And then there was, of course, the below the nose kind of placement, just every. Yeah. So so to me, I took a look around and, you know, I was kind of like, I finally went and sat in the car because I just couldn't handle it. Right. And, um, yeah. I know I, I really couldn't. And my husband couldn't handle my sort of outrage and, and loud outrage. <laughs> I said, that's why you just asked me why the numbers are going up. Just look around here. And it was packed. I don't know if everyone was trying to, like, batten down the hatches and we're going back to that hoarding the toilet paper mode or stocking up on home goods kind of thing, but it was packed and I just, I had to go sit out. I I had to leave. Yeah. Yeah, And that's the the question then is like, okay, if you think the numbers are high, the masks aren't working, you know, what would the numbers be if actually even fewer people were wearing the masks? We don't know that. Right. So that's always a hypothetical. But one of the things that has changed for us with the decree too, is that we are now not able to travel for the holidays. We have decided as a family that it's safer for us to stay home. And so that leads us into today's topic, which is we want to talk a little bit about what the upcoming holiday season looks like. What are we expecting? What are some changes that that are coming up? And so for for our family, Thanksgiving is a pretty big holiday. So it's I haven't broken the news to my kids yet, to be quite honest. I haven't really figured out how to share that with them. Thanksgiving is a really big deal in our family, my husband's family especially. especially. And then next month, we will be celebrating Christmas as well. So that's what we have coming up. And we thought it would be interesting to kind of talk about how we're navigating all of those challenges in this particularly difficult time. Right. There's changes afoot everywhere, as you mentioned. And this is all sort of culminating during the time, many of us who are in academia, which ends up being a really busy time of year as well. When we start to think of other sort of stressors and things like that, I know one issue that comes up, and especially again, relating back to COVID pandemic, is just a financial stress. I had a stat from 2017. So that's before pandemic. It said like 62% of people living in America feel stressed out about money. I can attest to that. And then we get to this holiday season. For our academics, uh, the rate of unemployment in our field has 
grown substantially over the course of the pandemic. And I wanted to find this article I had seen probably just last week. And I want to say there was like 13% unemployment rate or something like that. But there's been a lot of cuts. There's been a lot of people losing their jobs in academia. And the one thing that I saw from this article I pulled that was really the worst part of it all, it said that the people that are getting cut are some of the lowest paid people. So it's not like obviously the tenure track professors, but it's like the person who's like the academic assistant or a person working in facilities or maintenance or things like that. So like there's already kind of this stress this year relating back to the pandemic about economics and about the possibility of being laid off, especially for those of us that work at at-will institutions and maybe are not on the tenure track. But then it's always just a really busy time of year for us in academia as well. It's typically when the final papers are due. If you're still a graduate student, it's when you're kind of writing and thinking about those final seminar papers, you know, the 20 to 30 page seminar papers. And if you're in a teaching heavy institution, like our friends that work at community colleges, you might have four or five sections of final essays. So typically we're doing that work. One thing that came to my mind actually today and yesterday was that my son was um, on his Zoom meetings. I was on Zoom meetings. I was hosting my Zoom sessions for my students and our uh, internet was really bad yesterday. It was way worse than it's ever been. And I'm thinking, wait, well, now I'm going to have four of us that are doing that at once. And so I'm wondering how that might play a role in the different sort of like modes of teaching and that kind of thing before we even think about the holiday. But then also for my students, I'm wondering if COVID is going to impact anyone's ability to turn in those final projects. I did just get a message actually just before I logged in with you from a student who said, I'm really sorry, I couldn't finish the peer review last night. I started feeling really terrible and I had to go to the urgent care and get a COVID test. But I'm just like, I wonder if that's just going to be the first of many things that are sort of impacting our work as academics. So like this time of year for me is usually kind of bittersweet. As I was mentioning to you, I love this idea of like, I always say we just have to make it to Thanksgiving week, folks. And then we have that one or two days off. And I know that sounds kind of like laughable, but I always think once Thanksgiving is over, there's usually only a couple weeks left of class. So to me, it's always this like very psychological, like I made it to Thanksgiving week. I am good to go now. Now I'm in the clear. (laughs) I can move forward. But I just feel like there's going to be a lot more stress involved with all the things relating to COVID. So that's kind of what I'm thinking of from like the academic point of view. But you're saying that this is a pretty special time for your family. I wondered, and I was curious if your German heritage plays a role in this at all, or I know your family's husband has Greek heritage as well, Greek and German. Um, Is there anything there that you ever do like as a family that relates back to those ethnic traditions at all? So Thanksgiving is a big deal in my husband's family, and that's just sort of more of the American side of things, I think. There's a lot of Greek food on the table, which is always nice, so we'll be missing that. I don't know how well I can emulate some of the deliciousness that comes my way there. But then Christmas time, December, is just a really special time in Germany. Like It was always a really, really special time for me growing up at my house, and I'm sure that our listeners that haven't ever been to Germany, at least are familiar with a lot of things like Christmas markets and whatnot. There's just a lot of stuff going on between the advent calendars and decorations. And then there's, uh, you know, December 6th is kind of a big deal where the kids put their shoes out and they get little presents and a bunch of candy in their shoes. And there's just so much that's going on. And my mom just was always so good about making December a really, really special time that I try to implement as much of that as I can into our December. But like you said, 
for, you know, a lot of years, especially when my daughter was little and I was still in grad school, I really struggled with the timing of it all. I really just this like last bit of the semester grading papers. And then usually I remember most semesters, our final papers were due like the day or two before Christmas. And so this whole month of December that usually like in Germany is really like people really slowed down. And I might misremember that, you know, I don't know if anybody who's a parent in Germany right now wants to correct me on that. But my memory is just that people really slow down. There's a lot of like holiday celebrations for any sort of groups of friends or anything that any activities that you have, everybody will have like a little Christmas uh, celebration. And so that was always really hard for me to navigate between the academic semester schedule and just when Christmas happens in December. And so this year, I'm hoping, you know, the the pandemic does put a little bit of uh, an extra challenge just because we're not able to travel and we're not able to share the holidays with the family. But at the same time, I also see a lot of potential for us to sort of slow down and really enjoy those parts of it a little bit more. I think, you know, we're going to take some time as a family to maybe create some new traditions and work on some of the decorations together and whatnot, things that usually otherwise kind of have to happen in a rush between this thing and the next thing. Maybe we can sort of spend some more time on that and, and enjoy it together and make it part of this whole process. How's all that for you, Aaron? How are you approaching this year's holiday season? And are you do you think that you're going to be doing anything differently in light of the pandemic? Growing up, Christmas was also a very big holiday in my family. We were really fortunate that we have a pretty large extended family. And uh, my grandparents, my maternal grandparents were Polish. So we always had some really nice Polish food to accompany our traditional American Thanksgiving, if you will. But Christmas was and still is really important. I just think the way we approach things is going to be tempered by pandemic-related items. I'm thinking about shopping. I mean, and in some ways, I think this has allowed me to sort of pause and recalibrate rather than going out and going to the mall and kind of going just, you know, really into the holidays with like a lot of stress. I think I can kind of like say, no, I can't do that anyway. I don't feel safe or comfortable doing that level of shopping. So one thing that we were trying to do for the last couple of years, and I don't know if it's going to work out just because of the way everything sort of happened like right now this week, because we're recording this and Thanksgiving will be next week for us. Um, And my children literally just were called to go remote now, you know, and so we're going to try to go up to our cabin um, and kind of isolate and kind of maybe have our, our Thanksgiving dinner up there. That's been nice in the past. That was kind of our little tradition, but I just don't know if we have the time and the space to sort of map that out because it's about a two and a half hour drive, but then it's like the setup of everything, right. Of like, okay, what do I need to bring up there and a cooler, you know, and get that all prepared. And so when I think about that, you've already sort of mentioned how we felt during grad school. It's kind of a stressful season anyway. And I wondered if that's kind of something that we could unpack a little bit more because I don't just think it's the pandemic that's making us sort of stressed out. I feel like there's always a pressure and a stress to create these like really picture perfect holidays. I mean, why do we get so stressed out around the holidays? Can the holidays impact our mental health? Do you have any thoughts about that leading into this? Like, what is it about the expectations that kind of make us feel even more stressed than we might? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And 
this is sort of something that keeps uh, popping up in our conversations too. And I think it, it affects me personally a lot. The one thing that I was already talking about is just sort of like this memory and the, the way that I always have this expectation of myself to recreate for my kids what my mom did for me. And I think that's really tricky because it's a memory, right? So it's not probably not extremely accurate. Or maybe my mom would even disagree. Or if I asked my mom about how those, you know, how those times were for her, she probably would also say that they were really stressful. And, and her experience of them probably weren't the same as my experience of them were. So it's, I think that's a tricky thing to sort of to keep in mind that the our my memory of how like beautiful and wonderful everything was might not be entirely accurate and then i think i think it comes back for me to social media and what i see online the way in which social media just sort of give you these snapshots of things that become these ideals that doesn't show how the image is put together that doesn't show all the work that goes into you know creating certain things i don't know how do you feel about that well, you had a note about the lengths that people go to with the elf on the shelf. I got to say it quiet in case anyone's listening. For the international audiences, you might explain what the elf on the shelf, you might have to explain what the elf on the shelf is. Sure, right. So the elf on the shelf tradition, if you will, began in 2005 with a book by the same name. It's a book about how each family has an elf that is assigned to it and how the elves kind of fly back and forth between the family's home and the North Pole to report to Santa how well the children are behaving. So it's kind of a cute idea. Uh, that led to the production of elf dolls. Now, up until this point, people had often had some sort of like plastic elf figurine as part of their holiday decorations. But now there are actual elves that people can buy. And it's like led to a whole elf economy, if you will. Not only can you buy the elf, but you can buy outfits for the elf. Uh, you can buy little scenarios and tableaus to put the elf in. I mean, it's a whole probably million dollar business by this point. That being the point, people have become more and more creative putting their elves into different scenarios for their children to kind of wake up and see each morning. So the idea being that your elf, of course, flies away overnight. And then when the children awaken, the elf is doing something new. And so there are a ton of posts about this on social media and they get more and more creative doing different things. And I just feel like, wow, do I have to keep up with this? I mean, what am I going to have my elf do next? And it's just another thing that it's cute and fun, but I have to take the time to do it for like a whole month. And it stresses me out sometimes, probably in a way that it should not. And now the latest sort of flurry of holiday-related posts I've seen is like a lot of people have been putting up Christmas trees. Christmas is all the way, you know, December 25th. Usually a lot of people will wait until after Thanksgiving, you know, which is the end of November to put up the tree. Some people wait until the second or third week of December, depending on how uh, prepared you are and if you're getting a live tree. So I've seen a lot of people posting photos of their Christmas trees already up. And in fact, I was in a meeting this morning and like four people had their trees up already. Have you seen that? And I mean, I can kind of wager why people are doing that, but do you have a sense? Have you seen anyone doing that so far? And do you have a guess as to why? I've seen it around a little bit. I've, I heard Christmas music in the grocery store too, like the week after Halloween or something like that. And I told honestly, I totally get it. I was definitely playing around with the idea. Um, and last year in Michigan, it snowed in like October, so it would have you know you know 
back then, like last year would have even made sense in terms of the weather. This year we've had a lot nicer weather. So uh, that kind of keeps me from doing it. But I've definitely played around with the idea just to like give us something nice and to maybe stretch out that time a little bit too, because I often feel like it goes by so fast. I think it probably still would go by fast if I, you know, if we started two weeks earlier. And for me, I'm, you know, I just have a hard time doing it before Thanksgiving. Like that to me is just like, no, you do it like the Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving. Like you don't like that's that's when we do it. And that's how I do it. And I don't have a lot of flexibility on that. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Yeah, but I definitely can see that it's just something nice for people to be like, you know, at least that's a way to change it up. We're stuck in the house. Everything looks the same. Everything has been looking the same. At least that way we can trick ourselves into thinking that it's, you know, the nicest time of the year and something enjoyable, something to change up the environment that we've been stuck in for so long. It makes sense to me. When do you usually do it? And are you doing it differently this year? So I forgot to tell you, one tradition we had for about four years running was that we bought living trees that were alive in a pot. And that was really oh. cool. Um, but the place we used to go to stopped selling them because they said not enough people were interested in buying them. And we had really good luck with it. I was really surprised because you have to be sort of careful about how long you have the trees inside because they're sort of in a state of dormancy. I believe that's a term. And if they stay too long in your heated house, they like wake up and they come back to life, right? In a way that's not good. So it kind of really sort of abbreviated the time that the tree was in the house, but we have five of them out here and they all did quite well. And it's actually pretty amazing to see how much they've grown because they weren't that tall. And I would say some of them are 10, 12 feet now, if you can believe it, um, even taller than that. And that was a nice tradition we had. And I do, I get it with the Christmas decorations. Um, One thing that I really like, and I was going to ask you about, because I was really fortunate, like I said, my mother lives close by. So she allowed my sister and I to go through all the ornaments probably 20 years ago when my dad passed away. And we like divided them up based on the ones we liked or like our favorites or the ones we had made. And so I have some of these ornaments. One of my favorites is one that I made in kindergarten. It's super adorable. (laughs) I still love that one. I have a couple of other favorites that like my third grade teacher, who was like my favorite teacher ever. I had her for third and fourth grade. She had made us some ornaments. I have those. And so like every year, it's like an unboxing party, if you will. Like I love opening them and looking at them and reflecting on when and where I got that ornament, who made the ornament. And now I have a lot of really cute ones that my kids have made. And those are my favorite now too. Like they're my favorite. And they kind of like laugh at them sometimes. They're like, oh my gosh, mom, that is so cheesy. I can't believe you think that's cute. And I'm like, I think it's so cute. Like you made it in in first grade and it's a little dilapidated and (laughs) it looks a little messed up, but I love it. You made it. So I can see in this time that's been so chaotic and just so, there's so many things that we can't sort of understand or grapple with or predict. There's some sort of like solace and the predictability of like, Ah, yes. And there's my old 1978 Winnie the Pooh. I'm dating myself there, but it is. It's from 1978. (laughs) And there it is. And there's some comfort in opening those up and seeing all those old ornaments. I was also lucky because I inherited some from my grandparents when they passed on. And we even have some from Ernie's family. So there's like a little something for everyone in there. And I can just see in this like sort of really uncertain time with all this divisiveness. It's nice to look to that. I was considering breaking mine out after um, Thanksgiving too, just for something nice to do to break up the monotony, like you said. We usually do that the weekend after Thanksgiving and the ornaments are actually, it's so, it's so funny that you bring those up because uh, when I first moved to the United States, 
and I, my first Christmas and I saw this Christmas tree with all these different ornaments. I was just like, what is this? Because the Christmas tree that I have or that, you know, that we have at my house is basically we had, um, just this one set of homemade ornaments that my grandmother had made and they were all the same color so that you had this sort of like really neat looking tree. Um, and then, you know, and then I don't think my parents do this anymore, but growing up, we always had live candles on them too. So we wouldn't get the Christmas tree until the day before, because otherwise you just have a giant fire hazard in your house. So just this, you know, the Christmas tree for me was always just this like very neat looking, like two colors, like very clean kind of thing. And then I came here and my first Christmas with my in-laws, I was just so overwhelmed by like all the ornaments. And then once we got married and we moved out, my mother-in-law went through and she gave me a bunch of the ones that my husband had made as a kid or that, you know, that were important to him. And she also gives them as gifts a lot. So she'll travel somewhere and she'll bring us one or like every year we'll get a new one. Like when we had new babies, we would get a new one or whatever. And then this year they have really cute. They have, I don't know if you've seen those, but they have really cute ones that have like toilet paper rolls and like you know just like just like to commemorate the this like the shit show that was 2020 basically and so so yeah it's that's become like a really big part of me for for me too for for christmas for the christmas traditions is to you know get all the ornaments out and and look at all the things and like you know the different places that we've lived and and all that stuff so that's that's actually really neat and really cool and definitely a tradition that we can spend some more time with this year we love driving around and like looking at other people's christmas lights so there's a lot of traditions I feel like that because the holidays are so family based that we can still that we can still kind of do but then at the same time you know how do you feel about being cooped up with your family and do you think that the holidays are increasing other stressors that are related to being so close to family how do you do you have any thoughts on that Oh, yeah. I mean, I can see that my my fuse is a lot shorter than it used to be. And I do. I have had to like apologize to my kids and my husband just for like, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm really stressed out. And my husband has said to me more than once, he's like, yeah, you're just really out of your element. He's like, I'm sorry to say, but you are this like very extroverted person. And I can see that it's kind of draining you just to be in this one space all the time. And I'm just kind of nervous going back into, okay, like I said, it's finals, it's going to be final paper time. And the final essays in my class are 10, 12 pages usually, so they're longer. But now all my kids are back here. And like you said, I think mine say they might go back December 7th, but I'm not, I'm, yeah. I, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not entirely convinced that's going to happen. So that I do feel like there can be some stress there. Um, one thing that I wanted to sort of mention, we've already talked in the past about the healthy eating, but I have like sort of a love-hate relationship with these food-oriented holidays. I have a really hard time with it, and I've really had time now that I'm 40-some years old to be like introspective about it. But I had a lot of like baggage going into some of these holidays because we had quite the spread. My family are just really awesome bakers. They not only make all the savory items, like you said, but they make all the cookies and cakes and cheesecake and pie and like everything, you know. And I just remember always feeling so self-conscious because I knew I was eating a lot and I knew I was like a lot bigger than the other side of my family who are like more svelte and petite. Some of the stuff I think puts me in a bad mood because of the eating component of it. I know that's like a, probably an odd thing to say, 
but I get stressed out over that of like, how much am I eating? Am I overdoing it? I love making cookies. I think it's super fun, but then I have, you know, like seven dozen cookies around and I'm going to eat them. So that's a weird thing that stresses me out, which it probably shouldn't. I enjoy the food, but there's that aspect of, of the eating part of it. But then it's actually when you are one of the parents, the meal planning itself. And like you said, you know, who's going to be responsible now if you're not going, are you going to be um, cooking a turkey this year? And does that make you stressed out at all? Or can you use your academic prowess and just kind of, as we tell our students, use the good resources that are available? Or do you have a plan for the turkey this year? My mother-in-law is my resource. I'm going to have to have some like FaceTime like coaching on the day of because there's no way I'm not making a turkey. I already went yesterday and I talked to her and I was like, what what kind of roaster should I get? So this is like my, I feel like if I didn't count as an American before this week, I definitely will after next week because I'm going to figure out how to do this. And so you know, we're going to do a slim down version because ultimately the kids really don't eat, probably aren't going to eat much other than turkey and mashed potatoes, if we're being honest about it. So I'm not going to worry too much about making a whole bunch of sides. But uh, my daughter is, you know, going to be in dessert, is going to be in charge of the dessert. She makes delicious apple crisps so that, you know, we'll have that. And then we'll just kind of do a little bit of you know, a little slimmed down version of what we would otherwise have. There's a couple of Greek things that I can, um, that I can make, uh, that I've made in the past that I think I can swing, but it'll take a whole, yeah, I'll be sitting down this weekend and like writing up a menu and making the grocery list and trying, trying to figure out how to, uh, make it all work and see if I have all the pots and pans that I need, and, you know, <laughs> and what I need to like yeah. clean between the different, um, the different, things that I'm going to make. But I, I, that's a fun challenge for me, though. I think that that'll be an exciting part for me. I already got myself a Prosecco, so I'll have some mimosas. So uh, to there carry me through the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you mentioned something that's like really smart and actually took me a long time to figure out. And, you know, I have a few years on you, but I, I think you're saying something that's really wise, which is, I came to realize I don't have to make all this extra stuff that no one's going to eat anyway. Why freak out over all these other things when, like you said, uh, my kids, yeah, they eat the turkey, mashed potatoes. Um, I think one or two of them like cranberries. I really like cranberry sauce or cranberry relish, so I'll make that. But I used to stress out over I have to make this side dish and that side dish. And like it turns out no one really liked stuffing that much. So I'm like, you know, the way my mom used to do it, she would like actually toast all the bread and slice it all up. And it was just such an ordeal. And I'm like, why would I do that if no one's going to even really eat it anyway? Same with I don't know if you're familiar with the dish and people outside of America or even Michigan, the green bean casserole thing. Yeah, um, I don't I don't know if people like that or their feelings on that. But like no one I, I made it like three or four times and then I just have this like casserole for like two weeks. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone really likes this. So why am I making this? You know, and I think you're wise to kind of reassess and like do the trim down version, especially when you have younger children you could bring in some nice veggie dishes and things like that to get them to try. But I really started to like rethink it and just keep it simple for like what my family eats. I mean, why, why make all this food that's just going to sit in my refrigerator for like a month and then finally right. throw away. Right. Here's a cool trick. This is, uh, this is what my mother-in-law does the day after she just layers all of her leftovers into a baking dish and bakes it. And it's like Thanksgiving casserole or something like that. 
it's almost better than the original. It's got, you know, it has everything. It has like ham, it has turkey, it has sweet potatoes, it has mashed potatoes, it has, she just like layers it all and bakes it and it's so good. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's smart too. And just kind of, then you're done with it. Right. And then you don't have to, yeah. but it's one stressor and that's a great way. I like that you kind of came up with a pretty good tip on like combating that. My first Thanksgiving I made, I put the turkey in upside down because I'd never done it before, you know, and I'd seen it done a million times, but I was sort of saved by the fact that actually some chefs suggest to do it that way. So I was off the hook a little bit. I didn't, I was like, I didn't know. I'm like, which end is up on this thing, you know? And I just, (laughs) I just remember because I was pregnant too, and I was just all hot and messed up and just a real mess. So I learned that the hard way. I do think there's a lot of great tools and and techniques out there to sort of um, manage that. So it sounds like you have a pretty good plan for turkey preparation in mind, but how do you approach gift giving? I know for many of us that have holidays that include some form of gift exchange, it can be a little bit stressful as well, or just maybe something that takes a little planning and preparation. I have to give my husband a lot of credit because he usually like comes and saves the day, gives her something for me that's just like really a huge stressor because I always want to get just the right gifts. And then I end up getting nothing because I can't find just the exact right gift. And then like two days before when it's too late to order something, he will go out and he will just like do a giant haul. (laughs) Now, is it just like you want the perfect gift? Is that is that what you're saying is stressful about it to you? Yeah, it's it's that thing where like I want to give people, especially when it's not about the kids, uh, because the kids like they don't want anything. They don't need anything. They're fine. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. But if I <laughs> I'll be honest and say that I've long stopped giving my husband any gifts, um, unfortunately, but it goes both ways. Um, but that's sort of an agreement that we've come to, to take the stress out of everything, you know, birthdays and holidays and just be like, all right, you know, what, whatever we want, we, you know, we get when, when we want it. And then, you know, and then you just get to the point where you just buy random things because you have to get a gift and then, but then you need to go return it or whatever. And it just adds like a lot of extra work. But for other people like my family or like my siblings, my in-laws, that kind of thing, like I want, you know, my ideal gift is always something that like they really, really want, but they wouldn't get for themselves. And so if that's something that like I can come up with, then I will get that and I will be really excited. And then it's really fun. But for that's like a 20% chance. And then 80% of the time, it's just like, you're just like trying to buy something just to have something. And that's not fun. Yeah, it's just not fun to give those kinds of gifts. And so I've actually what I what I do a lot now is just like when I see something during the year that seems to be appropriate, um, that like especially with like my mom or my mother in law or something like that, um, you know, I'll get her something in May and be like, I saw this. This made me think of you. Like this was like the f- perfect gift. And then they'll just get something out of the ordinary. And then they know like if I don't get them something for Christmas, it doesn't mean that I don't love them or whatever. It just means that there were so many other things to stress out about that. I didn't, you know, stress out about the gift also. So I think that we have kind of evolved to that place. And I'm thinking about any listeners that have the little kids, the toddlers, um, even folks like that are your daughter's age. I was just so happy to kind of like move away from all the little tiny toys. And it just becomes sort of like, I would prefer, you know, to say, can you just, if you want to do something kind, make a donation to the educational savings plan? That would be great. And of course, yeah. I don't think the children necessarily appreciate that now, but 
it's just I've gone through four kids worth of like those little plastic toys and all that stuff. And it just overwhelms. And I think anytime we can kind of cut down on that consumption and just say, yeah, like, let's just get one thing or one big thing or something we wanted to do, but obviously is not happening now is like, let's just plan a family trip somewhere and all that money and all that other little chintzy stuff. Could we just forward into going somewhere neat and having those memories as opposed to spending money on more trinkets that will just end up in the trash eventually or in the recycling bin. So I think that's a really good idea too, to sort of think about the memories more than like the plastic (laughs) toys and all the junk. It's overwhelming. And I like, like I've said before, like usable gifts, like something that you use and then, and then it's done or an activity, like you said, those are, I think are preferable gifts for me at this point. So it doesn't add like yet another thing to put on the shelf that they don't remember and they don't recall because two weeks later, they're not going to know who gave them a present and who gave, who put $20 or $50 into their funds so that they can, you know, get a good education. So if money and shopping are kind of stressors, um, obviously we were talking a little bit about how political talk could be, but we said, I guess that's one thing we don't have to think about this year, right? Because we're not probably be having any of those tense conversations around the table since most of us are not going to be able to travel. With all the stress around, do you think it makes for more disagreements between family members? Um, is I, I want to know if this is like a uniquely American phenomenon because I have my sort of gloss on this, but do you think all these things combined lead to some short tempers during the holiday season? Probably. Yeah. I, I don't, and I don't know if that's just like a cliche or if that's something that's true for everybody at all times. I know that as you say, my fuses tends to be shorter and especially for me, it has to do with those high expectations and having trouble to meet those high expectations and then just being on edge about that. And then I can, I can speak for myself only, but having those, those expectations and not having those, not having made those explicit. And then like, you know, I'll be frustrated with my husband for not like helping me meet those expectations. And he has no idea what's coming his way because he doesn't know what the expectations are kind of thing. So I know that we've had sort of run-ins in the past where I would just get so stressed out that I snap very easily and for everything. And so that's something, what we were saying earlier with the pandemic and with being able to maybe take some of the speed and some of the the hectic out of the holidays, maybe it'll be easier to sort of sit back and relax and focus on, you know, what it should actually be about. But one thing that does seem to play a role for me, and this, this might sound a little lame, I'll admit to that, but the amount of work that it takes to make a nice holiday uh, is just can be really frustrating. And I know that I said earlier, you know, I want to do that with like, you know, having a nice Thanksgiving meal or whatever, but it's a lot of work. And then it gets eaten in like 20 minutes. And so, and then there's a lot of dishes to do and a lot of cleanup to do. Right. And so I think partially what I was saying earlier with like remembering how nice the holidays were, you know, that's all those kinds of things that like my mom did for us that I probably didn't think about all that much. You know, I maybe like helped a little bit clean up or whatever, but like the, the bulk of it was done by my mom to, to create this like sense of a, of a beautiful time. And so that's something that I get frustrated about is that there's, you know, that, that I get overwhelmed with all of the work that it takes and the clutter and the mess and that I, that then sort of, you know, 
comes together with the decorations who oftentimes like I love Christmas decorations, but a lot of times they just feel like more clutter and clutter stresses me out. And so, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential for anxiety and stress and thus snapping at everyone. That's how it's gone for me. Like just, I think the cooking itself, it's not particularly difficult. It's not like I'm doing chef work, you know, I'm just cooking some stuff like a a turkey is ultimately like a big roast, you know, you throw it in there, you butter it, you baste it, you cover it up when it gets too dark. It's really, it's pretty um, straightforward, but it's just like all the other things. And then kind of everyone just standing around waiting for the food and then kind of eating it and then kind of just like the aftermath. (laughs) And it's all that sort of invisible labor that people don't really think about. You're absolutely right. Those fond memories I have, I wasn't the one doing the dishes. I wasn't the one making any of the food. It's just like, oh, fun. I get to visit with cousins, eat my meal, kind of hang out, have some pie, which was always good. Have more pie. <laughs> and then that was, you know, that was kind of it Watch for me. some football or parade. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And that's kind of interesting too. Um, we always watched, I don't know why, but we typically watch Star Wars movies. That was like my cousin oh, really? tradition. Yeah, we like, so I've seen uh, Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back. Like we just always watch those. So I've seen those movies probably 30 years in a row. I know a lot of people like the football. Oh, that was another thing too. I was like, I don't have to watch football because I don't like football. Oh, I'm a grown up now. That was another <laughs> kind of thing. You know, when I got a little older, I could say to myself, you know what? I don't have to do these things if I don't want to. And that was really sort of liberating to sort of kick back and say, if no one, if it's not bringing anyone else any joy, they don't like this food or they don't want to do A, B, C, or D, I don't have to do it. I'm the one in charge now. So that's kind of cool. And that can be kind of liberating as well. I think kind of shedding some of those ideologies or things that have been ingrained for those people that kind of grew up in the shadow of that sort of image. I don't have to do all of that. I can do some of it. You know, I can make a nice dinner and spend time with my kids, but it doesn't necessarily have to be as intense. And so with that stress, one last thing to consider, and this is something that is really important to me because it's played a role with a lot of my family members, is just kind of being mindful of how the holidays can trigger substance abuse and substance abuse relapse for a lot of people. It's a really tricky time for people who are struggling with alcoholism because, quite frankly, it's everywhere and it's so socially acceptable. And, you know, it's like, how do you know when to draw the line? And for some people, it can be really a challenge to go to some of those family events and everyone's having a glass of wine and everyone's celebrating. But, you know, then that one person is not supposed to because they're in recovery. And so I think that can be tricky for a lot of people as well. And I think in some ways that alcoholism can play a role into the stress. It's like a cycle. My father didn't abuse alcohol at all, but both of his parents were alcoholics. So he kind of came to his relationship with my mom based on that same sort of pattern that he saw growing up. And so then they had the same kind of fights. And I'm always trying to constantly sort of be aware of that pattern and try to sort of like stay away from it if I can. But it's like weird. You can hear, I can hear myself repeating the same kind of things that my mom said sort of probably what we're talking about, right? Sort of her uh, dissatisfaction with no one helping her and things like that. So I think it's a really tricky time for a lot of people. And I think, you know, when you're talking about setting new sort of traditions and things like that, I think we have a really great time to do this. And I have seen a lot of writing thinking about that, like, you know, not so much about, okay, pick up a new hobby, but we do have a time right now to pause or like spend time with family in a way that we probably didn't a few months ago or a year ago. So I think that's something to be positive about for sure. And Yeah. And I think what you were saying about how you are in control and you are in charge, I think this is also a really great opportunity. At least I'm seeing it in that way 
to put the kids in charge a little bit and to give them control over what happens when, right? So like, you know, I, I, my plan is to sit down with them and say, what do you want to see on the table? What kind of food do you want to see? What do you want to eat? What can you help make? And, you know, how do we want to spend Thanksgiving Day? What do we want to watch? What do we want to play? All those kinds of things that like where they can where you can really sit down and see, you know, how do they picture the perfect holiday? And yeah, for them, it's going to be, well, the perfect holiday is, you know, at grandma's house. And so it's going to be sort of like a second to second to best or whatever. But I think they'll also I, I know that our kids I think once they come around to it, we'll also be excited about just being able to spend the day with my husband and me and, you know, all five of us just kind of hanging out and doing fun things all day without anybody having to be like, oh, I got to go do X now. So hopefully, you know, once once they get involved, we can really come up with a with a fun day, uh, fun way to spend the day and, yeah, create some new traditions. Well, we'll have to report back after after the holiday. Um, keeping that in mind, I know it'll probably be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, right. I'm trying to trying to log off on like a real optimistic note, and it'll probably just be. Um, no, we'll be fine. The usual like I said, turkey, schmurky, you just throw it in there. I don't go in for all that fancy brining and adding more steps. And I had a relative that did do the um, deep fried turkey. I thought it was a neat idea and I got it, I guess it got done faster, but I didn't notice any quality, um, any difference in the quality of the flavor or taste. I thought it seemed like somewhat dangerous for like what it was. Uh, so we've had people try that. My husband tried the smoke one last year. Oh, okay. <laughs> How'd he, that go? He made his own smoker in the backyard and tried to smoke the turkey. And well, let's just say I'm roasting one this year. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you, do you have any holiday hacks or anything that you're bringing to your Thanksgiving game plan that might help anyone out? I, I really don't. I'm just kind of like, go for it. I sometimes try to do what I can the night before. Like some of the, you know, cranberries are so yeah. super easy. Even making a pumpkin pie is pretty easy. I try to do a few things the night before, so I'm not as stressed out. Do you have any other hacks or things yeah, you're going to try out this year? You could even do it like the weekend before and throw some stuff in the freezer. I'm going to put my my daughter in charge of the dessert. So I'll pick something that she can make. Um, so that'll help. And otherwise, I don't think that I have a whole lot other than my other than the the casserole that I already shared for the the leftover casserole. I don't think I have any hacks. Yeah, the only thing I saw one time on a cooking show was making like potato pancakes out of the mashed potato. Um, you can add a few more ingredients, like a little flour. Uh, but that was pretty good. That was interesting. I saw it one time on a cooking show. I think it was Alton Brown, if you've ever seen him. He was kind of like, what do you do with all this stuff now that, you know, and I think you could do kind of what we talked about earlier with our cooking episode, which is like thinking about how to break down the turkey if you have enough of it left and make, you know, hot turkey sandwich, turkey pot pie, turkey taco. What else? I don't know. Probably something else too. Turkey tacos wouldn't be bad. I don't think if you have a food processor. So you do that. I'm yeah, there you go. There you go. Now I'm kind of hungry. See, that's what happens. (laughs) I really am because I love all that food. Those are some of my best memories. It's like I associate a lot of good memories with food and eating. I would just say, you know what? I think as long as it's a one-time indulgence or, you know, enjoy it a little bit. When I used to be in 
Weight Watchers, which I have been. They're like, you know, if it's something you don't have every day or frequently or that's not frequently available, go ahead and indulge. You know, pumpkin pie, I only have about one time a year. But if it's something you can get every day or you have every day, like a roll, that's not that special. You know, if you're trying to be balanced, save your calories for the things that maybe you don't have every day that are special, that are unique to the holiday, I suppose. I don't know if we want to talk about anything we're reading. Have you been able to read anything lately or not so much? No, I don't think so. No, I haven't. I have been, we've been, I've been spending my evenings watching a show and I don't know if we're, if we're allowed to talk about that instead of the reading or if we're only allowed to talk about reading. It's our show. We can talk about whatever we (laughs) want. I have, if we, if we switch it up for that, I can tell you about like the 20 things I'm watching. So, um, so what are you watching that you're liking? We've been, we've been watching Blackish. I've been wanting to watch that. And, the you know, we recently got access to it through one of the subscription services. I don't even know. And so I've been spending my evenings, which I before had been spending reading. And then for a long time, just didn't just spent with like cranky children that wouldn't go to sleep. But somehow magically recently we got our evenings back. And so we started watching that show from season one. I hadn't watched it before and I'm really enjoying it. So that's a good one. How about you? Oh, no, I love that show. I think it's so smart. And like I was saying, I think it's like really helpful. I love that it like kind of gives you different little like I remember there was one on Juneteenth and then they had like a Hamilton themed one. So this is like far so I won't spoil anything for you. But like I love how they give this like really nuanced approach to race and racism that's like really helpful but without being like didactic. It's about two parents who are working professionals who have quirky different children (laughs) that all have their own sort of unique needs. And so that part of it really spoke to me as well. I just think it's a really clever show. And I think it's like really interesting and really honest about like the way families work and how they don't work. But in the meantime, if our listeners wanted to talk to us or chat to us or like explain a little bit more about how they're approaching the holiday season this year, whether it's American Thanksgiving or perhaps another cultural holiday that may be occurring in the next few months, drop us a line via email. I think I can get it right this time, Judith. Is it PhD in Parenting Podcast at gmail.com? That is correct. Okay, good. All right, finally. (laughs) And then via Instagram, where's that located? PhD in Parenting is the handle. I think we're looking forward to continuing the conversation. Any other thoughts before we close off today, Judith? No, just a big thanks to everyone who is listening. Um, We appreciate your uh, support and we appreciate that you're listening. If you like uh, what you're hearing, please share us with a friend. Leave us a review on Apple. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.